0: in business and life relationships are everything welcome to the people catalyst podcast where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams clients and those that promote and refer them here's your host business trainer and leader of the people catalyst team carla nelson
1: don't miss this episode of the people catalyst podcast where we have an energetic chat with special guest kelly resendez On the People Catalyst podcast, we consistently discuss our relationships with our team, clients, and promoters. However, today we're going to hit the rewind button and discuss our relationship with ourselves. Kelly is the Executive Vice President at Paramount Partners Group, and she leads the retail channel of Paramount Equity Mortgage. They've closed more than $27 billion in loans, and they're licensed in 48 states. Kelly is also the founder of Big Voices Rise, where their mission is to positively impact the lives of women by providing the tools and knowledge to think and respond differently. And welcome to the People Catalyst podcast, Kelly Resendez. Good morning, Carla. Good morning, Kelly. How are you today? Well, I'm actually a little cold.
0: Not not quite ready for winter, but um, I'm I'm definitely excited to be here with you and your listeners.
1: Yes, it's wetter weather for sure. It's here, right? It came all of a sudden, though, didn't it?
0: It did. And you know, it's crazy because you and I live in the same, you know, area. So we're both experiencing it.
1: Yes. It was sometimes after the blistering summers of California, especially Northern California, it's interesting how it seems like the switch just gets flipped and it's time to wear sweaters, (laughs) which I love. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, we're so excited to have you on the show today. And as you know, uh, in the People Catalyst podcast, we frequently speak about uh, your relationships with your teams, your clients, and those that promote and refer you. And I'm really excited to have you on today so that we can talk about really a relationship I think we skip frequently and it's funny because I always say that between the team and the client, right? Everybody in marketing wants to talk about the client. I'm like, hey, if you yeah. don't have the dynamics of your team together, it's challenging to move to the client. But today we're going to rewind even a little bit more and we're going to be talking about our relationship with ourselves. And so with that, Kelly, if you could just take some time to, how, how did you get into this work uh, that you've been doing with uh, Big Voices?
0: I would tell you that it's just a combination of you know life experiences that led me to a place of, of realizing that I really wasn't living an authentic life. I realized in the early 2000s that I was a perfectionist and constantly seeking significance and approval of other people. And I really just didn't have that deep knowing or trust that I was on the right path. And it started me down a journey of just self-discovery where I had to reconnect with myself and, and realize that, you know, that's really the basis of all the success and joy that we have in our lives is just how we view ourselves and, and really getting to that place where I truly believe that I'm a masterpiece. And for some people that might be uncomfortable, you know, we're afraid to really be out out loud about our confidence or, or self-love, but I can tell you that when you get to that place, it changes every relationship that you'll ever have in your entire life, whether it's business, personal, etc. cetera. And so it's so important. And for me, the journey just, you know, it went through you know, learning from a ton of different wise teachers that were out there trying different things, you know, putting more intention and focus on it so that I could connect on a deeper level with my purpose. Oh, I love that. And you
1: remind me. So of course I'm a recovering mortgage <laughs> broker, by the way, <laughs> yep. so at 20, my first, that was my first company. Uh, was working as a mortgage broker. I got my license when I was 20. And I had a mentor and it was Brian Buffini. And you'll know this name because, I mean, but this is when he first started out. Now, my gosh, I saw how many people are going to his events and he would share all the time. And I didn't know exactly what it meant at the time because, you know, when you're 22 and You've got this big dream of this is what I want to be. And you're just, you know, and you're right. You've got these also voices in your head about, gosh, is that too big? Or how can I be confident and not frustrate others around me or, you know, um, make myself look like I'm egotistical because loving yourself is not being egotistical. And he always had the saying that was, you can only love others and det- direct proportion to how much you love yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that is just absolutely what you just said is, you know, and, and a lot of times when you're focusing on that, you're, you know, others sometimes want to make you feel small, even though you've got this big dream. Right. Um, so how do you suggest others, you know, kind of lean into that when, and it, and it might be a little Uncomfortable for some individuals to talk about it. But on the other side, it might be the kind of demon in your head saying, What do you, who do you think you are?
0: How yeah. Do you, so how do you-, you brought up some, I mean, amazing, amazing points there. But Brian Buffini was actually one of my greatest mentors as well. Oh, um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, Brian, um, I connected with him in 1998. And he was the first person that kind of opened this door of, wow, personal growth and development is is an important piece of the mortgage industry. Um, Uh You know, I'm an executive in the mortgage industry as well as a writer and speaker. And so he is really the one that kind of encouraged me to focus a little bit more on who I was being. And that's really lost a lot of times, whether it's in leadership training or achievement world, success training is, is really just the focus on who you're being and how you're experiencing what your life looks like and so what i would tell somebody that hasn't put a lot of emphasis on on who you're being is just to stop and take some time and really just assess where you are and look at how you're experiencing life are you filled with joy optimism you know just faith trust and a deep knowing that you know you're experiencing life with the maximum amount of joy or are you really burnt out Are you really not feeling great about your job, your relationship, you know, the quality of health, whatever it may be. So you've got to be aware of where you are today. And then you just set the intention that this is an area that I need to grow through. And so all of us as human beings have an opportunity to grow, you know, being in this space for 15 years you know, there are days that I'm like, wow, I'm fully surrendered. I'm totally authentic. And then I wake up the next day and I'm like, oh no, sister, you were not, you know? (laughs) And so it's a never, it's a never ending journey, but I'm going to guess you're going to have a lot of type A people that are listening today. And you know, really what we want to do is we want to get to a level of mastery in one area of our life before we introduce another. So we can't focus on being everything at once, you know, when it comes to (laughs) our emotional intelligence. (laughs) Yeah. And so I just say, look at the area that's going to be most important. So if you look in the mirror, or you show up every day filled with confidence and self-love, maybe that's not an area that you need to focus on. But if you have that voice in your head that says things like, what are you doing, stupid? This is never going to work. This didn't, you know, we're going to fail. How's this going to feel? Then, then you want to focus a little bit more time and energy on it. Where for somebody else on focusing on who you're being, maybe they need to become more patient. Maybe they need to manage their time better. Maybe they really need to focus on being detached so that they're not in a constant state of of disappointment or manage emotional triggers. So you kind of have to choose which area you believe is going to have the biggest impact on your relationship with self, because if we're emotionally triggered, like that's where shame comes in. Because most of us, you know, are, are in a state where we're going to react and hurt other people rather than respond and, and take the higher road. And so we've got to just figure out like, what is the, what is the greatest gain that we're going to get if we really focus on this for the next year? And that's how I went through this journey was I looked at, you know, year one, 2004 was all on my, my physical health because I needed more energy to be able to devote to becoming my highest and and most authentic self. So then once I got through that, then it was how do I become more present? How do I become more conscious and aware that I'm not my thoughts and I'm not my emotions and I have this choice in my life of how how I experience it? and then the next year it was on becoming more detached so that i wasn't constantly expecting of others and being disappointed in them and and so i kind of went through this journey over the last 15 years just choosing these different areas of my life and you know being a mom i've got two teenagers right now it is all about unconditional love and acceptance with my children. So (laughs) that, that is bring that, that goal out in you. (laughs) Yes. That is, is the focus today, which spills over into work because honestly, you know, some of the people that I lead, I'm dealing with their 13 year old self. I'm not mm-hmm. dealing with their 40-year-old self. Oh, I'm actually so dealing true. yeah, with their Great 13-year-old point. self. So mm-hmm. giving them space and honoring that part of them so that I can get them through that is, is a big piece of what I do. That's awesome. And and I have since
1: Brian was my first really big mentor, I've had several in my lifetime. Uh, you reminded me of another thing that uh, he taught me and probably many, many others, including yourself, is he always had a quote that said, you'll dramatically overestimate what you can accomplish in a year. And you'll dramatically underestimate what you can accomplish in a decade. And what you're talking about there is just, you know, eating that elephant one bite at a time. It's like if in in one year, you can, you know, chisel down the being more present and you've got a whole year to practice it. I mean, my goodness, look, it's almost Christmas again. (laughs) We think a year is so long sometimes, but actually with the busyness that goes on, it's, you know, it's uh quite short so do you have any you know strategies associated with this as far as like you know um how often you revisit it or what you do in the morning or just routines associated with uh, being able to you know plan that process out because i think that's a big part of why a lot of people don't do it is just that in it is that being intention intentional it's almost like you know if you write your goals down and put them away it's incredible how just by writing them down they become a big part of your intention and your your subconsciousness right so are there some strategies that Absolutely <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So, you know, being in the space for for twenty years, and I would say the goal planning and, and achiever space for that long, and then not really getting into my spiritual stride for for years after that. You know, I've tried everything, and one of the things that I had to do in the in the early two thousands because I kept sharing this information, I kept sharing strategies with other people, and. The truth is they, they you know, in the moment, it sounded really great and they wanted to make life changes and commitments. And then, you know, a week goes by, two weeks go by and their humanness steps in and, and all of a sudden they just aren't actualizing, um, you know, their potential. And so I went back and studied neuroscience and psychology to really understand how do we do the things that we know we should be doing when we don't feel like it. And that's really oh, the Oh, I love that. I'm just writing, just writing that down.
1: How do we do yeah. the things that we know we want to do, but we don't feel like doing
0: yeah. Them? Yes, so it? Yeah. So, I, you know. Being a being a speaker in the real estate mortgage industry, it was just, I mean, it was just a struggle because I just have people come in and I just say the same things over and over. So that really is the secret. And so the secret started with figuring out how to get myself to do those things. And so I have a couple of strategies that I'm going to share with you today, but the absolute vision and mindset that I have for my life is the you know is, is the start of it all. So the strategies don't work unless I have the mindset and the disciplines that get me onto this path. So my morning ritual, you know I am faith-based so you know it starts with some faith-based practices. but then I review my mindset, you know who I want to be. I have some mantras that I look at every single day. and the top one is nobody steals my joy and i've got to stay Love in that, that seat Love because that. it just reminds me that i have choice i have choice on how i'm going to respond to different situations throughout the day and then i review my goals every single morning and so i've again i've done it all i've done the vision boards i've done goal planning where i do it once a year i've done you know i've done it all and i can tell you that the recipe that i have today has been the most impactful that I've ever had. So I do my goals quarterly. I review them daily. I'm not unwilling to cross something out or move forward. If I'm not moving towards something pretty quickly, then I just really have questions like, is this really a priority to me right now? And I'm, I'm willing just to cross it off and take it off of the list. And then on a weekly basis, I set two big goals for myself that I put celebrations and consequences around so it's that simple and and it it really is just every single day I embody it I journal every single day so if I need help that's the one piece that I would tell you will also change your life is that when you have a vision and goals written down, but then you actually write down exactly the help that you're going to need in order to be able to achieve them. And for me, Carla, like you, it's all about connections. And so you're one of those, you know, one of those items that I ask for help is I need help connecting with other amazing like-minded women that want to change the quality of how we experience life. And boom, somebody emails an introduction to the two of us. So (laughs) when, when we articulate Exactly the help that we need in order to be able to do it. It's also going to be extremely helpful. So, you know, I love that.
1: and the energy around what you just said. I mean, you could just feel the intention about it. And they're little things. That's, I think, yeah. that's the most incredible piece is, is that how long does this actually take out of your day? Right. But it's setting the intention to know. It's like, you know, if a ship doesn't know where it's going out of the harbor, then it's just going to kind of wander around because it has no intention and just, you know, setting the sail. And I also love what you said there about crossing things off because, you know, as a people catalyst, we, uh, we have a, uh, an assessment and it breaks down what part of work are you great at? So we're rewinding today and looking at the individual. However, at the, the object of the exercise in any business scenario is to get something done. And it really has got me thinking about how movers shakers provers and makers have a different relationship with themselves because they're going to write their goals differently and they're going to be focused on different things their mm-hmm. internal conversations with themselves uh, are going to be different and you can even overlay this with a you know personality profile something like disc but having you said quarterly goals read the goals daily and then uh, weekly have two big goals that you have celebrations and consequences with in journal <laughs> i can guarantee yes. you that i mean those are like yeah. it's, it's so it's 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 so easy to do but yet it's so easy not to yeah. do right and then i also it love is. how you said who am i going to need right so yeah your mentors and your colleagues and you can almost always reach out to anybody that has been there that will help you, which I find this fascinating with connections, Kelly. It's how we got connected too, through an incredible mutual friend who has been on the podcast as well. Dr. John Jackson, who is one of the best leadership trainers I've ever met. And um, one of the things is when you set that intention, it's incredible how things just show up. However, it's because it's what you're looking for. So it, we, it's, um, there's actually a, a term for that. It's almost like, you know, when you're pregnant, everybody's yeah. pregnant. When you ha- just bought a red yeah. car, all you see is the same red car everywhere.
0: Yeah. There's, well, actual- go ahead. There's neuroscience. So that's our reticular activator. That's it. Right? Thank you. So, um, <laughs> so there's a combination between neuroscience and then, and then just straight blocks, for our ability to manifest things. So it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. Like I, I believe in neuroscience. I believe that, you know, our brain works a certain way, but then I also believe that as human beings, that we often block the flow of success and love in our own lives, because we're unwilling to become vulnerable and asking for help really being able to ask for help is not easy for most people. And, you know, so you talked about these four different types of people that we, you know, work with or, or, or lead. And the challenges since an early age, those four people have been compared to one another and and they're so different. And we're so different. And And so we create Yeah. We create different stories around that. Like, well, I should be doing my goals this way, or I should be doing it that way. And it's like, no, just do what works for you and quit peeking at the person's paper behind you to see if you're right. Because right is authentic and you have deep intuition that will tell you when you're on the right path. And so it's not one size fits all. You've got to be open. That
1: That is so critical. It's so critical individually, so critical on our team, so critical when we're working with our clients. Everyone's different. You know, we have a mantra at the People Catalyst. It's super simple. People are different. (laughs) Yes. And what we typically do is we focus on what we're not instead of what we are. And really, and that's why I loved when you said, I cross it off the list because it sometimes it's the, you know, you got straight A's and one B and we focus so much on the B, but it's like, well, we can leave that in the dust. We don't have to be everything. yeah uh, We can focus on what we're brilliant at. And for Absolutely. instance, focus, and that's, go ahead.
0: Oh, that's a part of our brain that I would tell people that you have to accept. So we have this thing that we do that's called rumination, which is just absolute focus or attention on one thing. And it's never positive. Like it's just, it's just never positive. And we just have to accept that part of our brain. And we can learn how to be so conscious that it just becomes something that's operating in the background. Now, I wish I could teach you how to make the, disempowering thoughts or voices go away. Uh, I spent 15 years trying to figure it out myself. And now I teach people how to learn to live with it and just be able to discern how, you know, those different thoughts and emotions show up in your life. But the rumination is what really gets us focused on the negativity.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and that's almost, we were obviously tracking on the same path there because I was going to bring up with the Four types of uh, core natures of work. There's actually another one, it's a one or 1% of the population that 100% of the work is made for. But the provers in this, um, in our model based off the law of diffusion of innovations, they typically, uh, provers are, are later adopters and they're thinkers. And so they're the first ones to say what's going to go wrong, what's wrong with it, poking all the holes in it. And that individual, is often really demonized for their skills. So they call them Eeyore, they call them, you're such a naysayer, you're such a downer, but truly they feel like it's their job to warn you of all of the stuff that could go wrong. Well, think about that. That is an incredible strength. That's like, you can kill an idea or a concept or whatever it is you're trying to do in a in a concept form right you're you you did not spend any money you didn't take any time on it and you can make it so much better and oftentimes when we train that individual has never been like unleashed right because yeah. we ha- we focus on what somebody is not instead of what what they are and then you look at somebody like the shaker who's diabolically opposite um, which is a way early adopter. And then we look at them and go, oh, squirrel, you got shiny mm-hmm. object syndrome, right? Oh, your head's in the clouds. You're such a dreamer. But they can think of like 50 different ideas all of, all of a sudden at once, right? And they and, and they can respond. And so I love what you're saying about, you know, having the relationship with ourselves, understanding who we are, and then figure out what combinations of this works for you based off of who you are, instead of you know, checking out somebody. I love that. <laughs> checking out the person's paper next to you and trying to do what worked for them because yeah. just because it worked for somebody else doesn't mean that it works for you. So do you have some, you know, resources that they could, that that our listeners yeah. could look at in regards to, you know, trying out these different things. So for me, what I found Kelly is, is that, um, you know, reading my goals daily actually was a little bit of a stress for me because I would do it every day. But then when I didn't do it, or it it was, it was like, oh my gosh, be sent to the principal's office. I didn't, (laughs) you know, and so it was a little stressful for me. So instead what I did is I created a document that has my goals on them, but then it also has my checklist for, you know, my best day if I got these things done. So, so for me, it came out in a checklist form And then I write my affirmations on my um, bathroom mirror. So then it's like, well, I already have to brush my teeth and do everything. So I just kind of, instead of intentionally reading them, I, by default, like have them on the mirror. And and just like you, this has been, you know, a good 15 to 20 years of diving down into what worked, what didn't work. And then getting back on the bicycle when I fell off. How, mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how many times, you know, I've had to come back and go, okay, let's regroup. You right. know, I got too far out. I ate too much junk during Christmas, got to get back to the <laughs> yeah. get back to working out and getting to the gym. So um, but where can uh, the listeners kind of uh, identify yeah. some of those ideas and, and strategies that they can try out for themselves?
0: So first and foremost, when you're looking at goals, you have to figure out what your dominant energy is. So people that have dominant feminine energy um, can't do goals the same way that an achiever with masculine energy does them. So even though I'm I'm very dominant and I'm driven and I'm definitely, you know, somebody that that has a lot of, you know, I would say power in business, I'm very feminine. So my goals are centered around connection and are centered around feelings, which often can't have tangible results that are associated with them. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, where somebody else might have their goals of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, make this amount of calls by this date and I'm going to do these different things. So I kind of have a combination. So you want to do your goals that are in alignment with who you really are. So that's first and foremost, because goals aren't supposed to stress you out. It's about creating a vision for yourself. And, you know, I always tell people probably the most impactful exercise that you can do is take yourself out 20 years and look at the person that you will become 20 years from now. And if you had achieved your goals, what will they say? And if you never took any action towards them, what will they say? Mm, And really just feel what that feels like, because I know that my 64 year old self is going to be very grateful that I've prioritized my emotional and physical well being before anything else. Mm -hmm. And I know that. And I also know that they're going to be grateful that I've made a decision to have financial freedom in my life. And I'm taking the steps necessary to do that. But if I want wasn't, that person's going to be like, we're never going to be able to stop working. And we're having a hard time getting off the couch right now because you didn't take care of us 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So that's super impactful. But, you know, some of the strategies that I would tell you that kind of line up with what we've talked about today is, you know, my self sabotage strategy is one in which you really figure out what your preferred method of self sabotage is for yourself mm-hmm. and you're able to document it and come up with a plan that when it shows up that you're prepared to be able to take it on because when we're exhausted and when we're overwhelmed and when we don't have capacity our self sabotage that's always affected us our whole life is really what's going to take over Mm -hmm. And so you've got to know what your preferred method is. And so for you and I, you know, we related that we were both perfectionists and perfectionists really value the opinions or perceptions of other people beyond how we feel about something ourselves. And so as it shows up in my life, I just breathe through it. I see it and I make choices to override whatever that fear, you know, that, that it's
1: the the 400 emails that, got sent out and the one person that sends you something back yeah.
0: wasn't happy yeah. with some part of exactly. it exactly
1: like, like a typo for goodness sake.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the other one that I really recommend and, and when you talked about these unique Different types of people that we have an opportunity to work with. This helps leaders, and it's my trigger management strategy. And what it does is it allows us to really look at all the emotional triggers because I know, like, I'm rolling out something big right now at my company. And, you know, I have one of those people that was like, I'm afraid this, like, what if this, like, every worst case scenario. But because I manage my emotional triggers, I just said, thank you for telling me all of the unintended consequences of this decision that I may have missed along the way. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that, but here's what I've done to already anticipate each and every one of those scenarios and gave her back the confidence that she needed to know that I was making the right decision for the organization. So when you figure out what your emotional triggers are, And they're so much like, they're just the same things that happen over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our emotional triggers are just like, you've got to name them you've got to understand what preference, um, you know, the trigger is not in alignment with. Because like deeply, my preference is that everybody thinks every idea that I've ever had is the best idea in the entire world, right? (laughs) That's my deep preference. And then, you know, step three is just realizing what my hallucination is, is my hallucination is if somebody disagrees with me, It means that I'm the stupidest person in the entire world. So, you know, our frontal lobe goes worst case scenario, best case scenario. And so I beat it to its punch. Instead of letting it go rogue on me, I'm like, no, I'm going to I'm going to write down the absolute worst case scenario of this emotional trigger happening. And then and then I choose, do I grow through this or do I avoid it? You know, I could avoid it. I could fire every person with that personality type. It's not going to give me a well-rounded organization, but oh, I could. That's
1: so good. By the I way, everyone we assess and we've yeah. got several we're assessing right now. They're always heavy in one area. Like, yeah. There's only been a handful of teams in over 10 to 15 years that people like to be surrounded with people like them. But then what happens is you're missing the brilliance that somebody has that you don't, that is completely different from yourself, right? So that's awesome. And I can already tell you're likely a mover shaker um, (laughs) just by your language, but I've been doing this a long time. We'll have to get you assessed, definitely, Kelly, because you're a natural leader in appreciating the differences. Many times it's against, you know, that's not necessarily where people uh, lean. They lean towards, oh, you like my idea, you like me. Right. And you, they want you to accept every single idea versus allowing the person that's going to you know, poke all the holes into it. Right. And letting them have a say in that piece. And by the and, way, that's the person that as soon as you make them feel comfortable, they're going to be your greatest ally oh,
0: on your absolutely. team. Absolutely, They are so but,
1: loyal to it after you show them, Hey, thank you. These are all the things that are going to go wrong. Look, I, these are all the things that we've identified that you know, we're going to make sure that we mitigate the potential risk,
0: right? Yes. It's with that. But it's taken a devotion towards, you know, developing my, mo- my own emotional intelligence to and confidence to be able to become that. And mm-hmm. that's really where we have to realize, like, you know, assessing and knowing is, is like you've got to do those things, but you also have to be so confident in who you are and how you show up that these people aren't going to steal your joy because that's normally what happens, right? If somebody Uh disagrees with you in a nanosecond, your ego kicks in, it steals your joy, you react, and then you're like, I'm going to fire them. Yeah. Instead of saying curious, you're like, like, yeah, like 10 oh five, you were totally good. And at 1011 now, (laughs) you're like, you're off the rails. And now you're like, I can't wait to go to happy hour tonight and down six margaritas so that I don't (laughs) have to deal with this. Well, you know
1: what, Kelly? I (laughs) think this is a precipice. What you're talking about is really how work is changing. Because think about it when we were, you know, say even our first job at 16 or whatever we were always told, just do what you're told. And it's really shifted. And the mindset has shifted. I mean, we used to go to school and do all projects and never have a team project ever, right? Now that's completely different. You're yeah. constantly having to realize that you need to work with a team. It's not just head down, you were told to do this and listen to what I say. And what we call that is, we're shifting from function management, which is your title or your ability to say, This is where I sit and role management, which is this is the thing I'm best at. So let me do based off whatever work we're doing, let me do what I'm best at. And I think that is significantly shifting uh, in the workplace today, which we're we've been on both sides of it where you just listen to what you're told because that's what the boss said, or that's what the owner said, or that's what the manager said, to hey, how do we collaborate? How do we identify the differences here with everybody and then Utilize the team in its most efficient and effective way. And I think that's shifting.
0: Yeah. And I believe the shift is actually on a larger paradigm. I believe that people's awareness and consciousness is, is going up and that we're recognizing that the quality of life, you know, I mean, you know, the number of people that are not happy at their jobs and their relationships. Or, and
1: yeah. I just looked up a Gallup poll today. It's insane. I, yeah. I subscribe to Gallup and they're constantly. Yes these polls. And it's an 89% of people hate their jobs internationally, 70% in the US. And this is not dislike, this is not not happy with this is capital H hate their jobs 70%. um, Over 51% are looking for a new job right now 51% of people employed in the US do not like their job and are constantly looking to go somewhere else. I mean, the stats are staggering. And I agree with you on the consciousness piece. People are asking themselves, and it's probably because, I mean, Maslow's law of hierarchy too, yes. is, is the fact that we're not worried about eating anymore. So, okay, let's go up on the scale. We're not worried yes. about you know uh, a safe place to live. So let's go up on the scale, right? So our consciousness about ourselves is, is where we're being left with right? And, and then our relationships with others. So, and I'm also a faith-based person. So relationships, I mean, there's a reason the 10 commandments were either our relationship with a higher power or our relationship with other people. Yes, That's the one thing all 10 of them have in common. Yes. <laughs> so, and I'm so happy that you joined us today. This has just been an incredible podcast. I've taken like three pages of notes here today, Kelly, because I'm constantly trying to learn from others. And if there's anything that you'd like to leave us with, um, or any last, uh, comments or thoughts?
0: Absolutely. So, you know, you can find me on my website at bigvoicesrise.com. We've got, you know, you can purchase my book, Big Voices, on there that talks a lot about the strategies uh, that I talked about today, along with resources that are going to help you write a new story. We've got tons of free stuff on there for you. And also a new training course that just launched on, on, it's a video series that really just goes into, again, just changing the way that you either experience your life or changing your life. For some people that you know, maybe that want a new job, that want a new relationship, um, it's a great program for you, and and really. Carla, what I want to leave everyone with is you can create whatever possibility for your life that you could ever imagine, but it starts with, you know, having that decision that you are that powerful and we really truly are. And, you know, I've been blessed to be here with you today and share with everyone. And I just hope that you've taken away just, you know, if I put a little bit more focus on, on who I'm being the results that I'm going to have within my team, within my company, are going to be off the charts.
1: Excellent. Kelly, thank you so much for being with us here today, Kelly Resendez. And again, that website, bigvoicesrise.com.
0: Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life.